Fam, the internet went down. We didn't think we were going to be able to record, but then we sent the bisexual witch into the internet closet, and, and it was magically fixed. I actually said, do you mind if I look at that for a second? <laughs> and I was like, what, do you think I was going to get up into it? And then I just... <laughs> and here we are. We're back in business, baby. Hi, Jillian Bezavali. Hello, mere mortal. I mean, Patrick Hines. I Hi. Hi. Hey, tis the season to be witchy. Uh, oh. <laughs> 365. Fam, join us on the Patreon if you want more Jillian and me. We're uploading a ton of video content. That's new for us. So yeah. we uploaded our live show recorded live at Obsessed Fest. That's we right. covered Killer Roll, which was a the Keith, date lineup. It's a Dateline Keith Morrison classic. Yeah. We had our Broadway dancers. We surprised everybody with an opening number. It was a time. Pretty wild. We're also uploading our Class Action Park live show that we were recorded live at the Wilbur in also, Boston. Also very wild, as Keith would say. It must have been wild. It, it was, was, Keith. Wild. It was. We had over 1,100 people at that show, totally sold out, packed to the gills. And these videos are recorded and edited professionally, so it's multi-cam, yes, lots yeah. of angles. The sound is incredible. It's it, not like your old dance recital video, right, which we yeah, all have. Totally. No shade to that. We love some nostalgia, <laughs> but it's not just like someone's mom in the back of the no, auditorium. But we're also going to upload the West Memphis 3 panel that you did at Obsessed Fest with Bob Ruff and yes. Jamie Nichols and you. We're also going to upload the main stage event with Robbie Achadri and Rebecca oh, Lavoy, yes. where she answers all the add-on questions I and tells that. that whole story. So tons and tons and tons of video content, lots of it from Obsessed Fest going to Patreon. Also, we have over 350 full ad-free bonus there as well. Yeah, so we do all the long-form stuff. So right yeah. now we're doing Finding Andrea, very yes. highly requested oh before God. that Bad Vegan Puppet Master, The Vow Part 1. We are not doing Part 2. <laughs> um, Don't F with Cats, Tiger yeah. King, Lorena, the Gacy thing from Peacock. People are always like, what are you talking about? There's lots of Gacy docs. We did the one on Peacock. Because that was the one that came first. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, Murder Among the Mormons, Wild Crime. Yes. Yeah. So there's so much stuff over there. Follow us on TikTok. It's True, True Crime, Crime Obsessed, Obsessed Pod. Pod. And follow Obsessed Fest on the Instagram. It's at Obsessed Fest. Go there. If you weren't able to make it and you want to see what happened, we are uploading clips every tons single day. Aaron is incredible. He's Thanks, doing Aaron. amazing work over there. We love him. Thanks. And that's all I'm going to say today. Okay, because we have a lot to say about the actual Oh, my stuff. God. Yes. Right at the top of this thing, before I ask Julian, why, what are we doing today? We're talking about the Martha Mitchell effect on Netflix. Now, the Martha Mitchell effect is this 40-minute documentary I did not think I was going to enjoy because it's about, like, Nixon and that whole thing, but it's not. It's barely about Nixon. It's barely about <laughs> it, what It's this badass, amazing, highfalutin, fancy woman who was a loudmouth yeah. in the Nixon era. She was telling a whole lot of truth about Watergate and they didn't like it. She's a tea spiller, but, like, it's not political. She's just sassy, and she's sassy with the press, and she's sassy with her husband, yeah. and she's sassy with the press. And I'm obsessed, so don't tune this out because you think it's about, like, Watergate. Fuck no. that. Well, sweetie, I tell you what. If I'm doing anything wrong in this government, just tell me about it. Martha Mitchell hit this town like a bombshell. In fact, she is getting to be known as the unguided missile. But I do say what I please. <laughs> it wasn't that the president didn't like women. He didn't like loud women. <laughs> She was the first to say Nixon should resign. This man knew what was going on. He was negligent in being president. Did you see what Martha Mitchell did? No. He called somebody. He called the New York Times. She wanted to protect John, but I don't think she knew how involved John really was. All of a sudden, these rumors start flying out of the White House. I think she was scared all the time. Something else might happen to her. Also, I do want to say, Netflix yeah. and everyone listening, this is 40 minutes it's in perfect. and out. It's perfect. Netflix, you've done it before with yeah. Longshot. You know we keep talking about it. You do not, everyone listen to me, yeah, okay. every streaming platform, <laughs> you do not no. need to drag everything out six, seven, eight no, episodes. No. I love a good five, six, seven, eight, but enough sure. with the episode <laughs> lengths. It's too much. You're dragging it out. Nothing's happening half the time. No. Let's, let's, if we're going to tell a story, let's tell it. Netflix, you do it perfectly here. This documentary was perfect to watch. I loved every second of I'm watching so it. Glad. It was so good. So we get on screen text right in the beginning. It says, in 1968, Richard Nixon was elected the 37th president. Richard M. Nixon. Do you know his middle name? Michael. Millhouse. Oh. 
Of course it is. Of course. Fuck that guy. Who cares? Fuck him. He was elected the 37th president of the United States with a campaign platform of law and order. Who? He called his attorney general, John Mitchell, his most trusted advisor. Now, wait a second. Okay. Now, pull over. <laughs> is your gay shit you're going to tell me about? No. Okay. But pull over. Great. Now, read the rest of that. What's What's the second part? He called Mitchell's wife, Martha, a hell of a menace. Wear that shit like a badge, <laughs> totally. Martha. Hell yeah, a hell of a, a menace. A hell of a menace. Keep it up. That's the name of my next book. <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of a menace. Yeah. I see a lot of both of us in Martha. Yeah. Oh, my God. Martha Mitchell. She's my new hero. Yeah, I yeah. love her. Yeah. And this is about Martha Mitchell, the wife of Nixon's attorney general. Right. We see this woman, like, right at the top. And I just instantly was like, I fucking love everything the glasses, about her. The, the hair, the sunglasses, the brooches, the coats, the voice, the accent. Yeah, she knows exactly who she is. And she's it 100%. And I love it. She calls everybody sweetie. Sweetie. What was the one you were talking about where the episode where um, I go to the always at 100% meetings? Like, Martha oh, yeah. is founder of that. Right. Right. Whereas, like, you call AA meetings friends of Bill W. Yes. You call the at 100 all the time meetings friends, friends of, of Martha, Martha M. M. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I gotta go to my friends of Martha M. meeting. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? But you said that too quietly. I know. You have to I gotta go. go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Is the country gonna ride itself now? Did we have Watergate behind us? We'll never have Watergate behind us, I hope, because in a way it's been good. We're teaching the politicians to be straight and not crooked. I'm convinced if it hadn't been for Martha, there'd have been no Watergate. So if I have something on my mind, I'm not going out and yell it to anybody unless I believe that it's what should be done or said. So uh, it's 1974, and Nixon leaves office after the Watergate scandal. We'll get into it a little bit. Boring, who cares? But Nixon says on TV. To David Frost. This is like the Frost-Nixon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm convinced that if it hadn't been for Martha, there'd have been no Watergate. Now, He's not saying that as a good thing. Right. He's saying, like, right. she fucked up my program here. Right. She's and not like, saying, like, if not for Martha. Can I just, for anybody who's listening who doesn't know what Watergate is, it was when Martha Mitchell's husband, like, oversaw and allowed a bunch of criminals to break into the Watergate hotel and, like, steal from the Democratic National Convention and try to install surveillance Like cameras. bugging equipment. Right. So, like, basically the Republicans were trying to, like, bug the Democrats to get information. And steal a bunch of shit and documents and everything. Right. That's what Watergate is. They got was, caught. And it was the hotel. Exactly. That's why it's called. Watergate. Yeah, and that's where like Monica Lewinsky lives eventually. Like the whole thing. So, um, <laughs> but it, then we cut to Martha. So Nixon's like, if not for her, like this whole scandal wouldn't happen. And we cut to Martha, and she's like, I'm sorry, I thought this was America. I know. I'm speaking <laughs> my goddamn mind. She goes on David Frost's show. David Frost gets a lot of airtime in this app. Well, of course. I mean, it's just amazing. So we go back to 1968. The closed captions say jaunty music. <laughs> okay. I think the people who lived through 1968 would say jaunty isn't really a word they'd use to describe, like, one of the most tumultuous years in our country's no, history. No, but, like, remember, like, how bad, like, this president was and how yeah. quaint that seems now by comparison? <laughs> we'll get into it. I <laughs> Because at one point, we'll just get into it. John Newton Mitchell, attorney general, lived with his wife, Martha, in Washington's Watergate Apartments. The world seemed good to them. I know that the president is very fond of my husband. They've been law partners. They've been very close. Mitchell is a former bond lawyer who, before he managed Mr. Nixon's 1968 campaign, had never ventured into politics. Nixon loves this guy, John Mitchell. They were law partners. They were very close. Maybe they did some gay shit. Maybe. He managed Nixon's 1968 campaign. Speaking of gay shit. (laughs) And and, uh, before that... (laughs) I don't know. Before that, he'd never been in politics, which is always a good sign. Yeah. And, and now I, he's the attorney general. Right, exactly. Hey. Hey. You know. Sound familiar? Yeah. Oh, God. We're going to do that the whole time. Yeah. We're going to say, hey, 1968, it wasn't so bad for you oh, back then, but the hindsight, God, no, no, it was terrible. So, Martha, I love that Martha just loves her husband. She's, she's a champion for him. She's a champion for him. She says he's one of the most intelligent men in the country, in the world, in the I world. would say. And Martha talks about, like, what is expected and required of a cabinet wife. She's she sort of likes playing this role. Because she calls herself, she was just a simple woman before this. She, like, lived in some upstate, like, podunk town, according to her. I guess. But she, what she said, she's like, I want to improve relations with other countries. I want more love in the world. Like, she's thinking, oh, I'm a cabinet member's wife. Like, I got to have some pull here, no? She also, like, we never even see Nixon's wife. Like, the first lady, that's the position that traditionally does these right. things. No, no, no. No, Martha Mitchell, like, you're a cabinet secretary's wife. Name a single cabinet secretary's spouse. 
right now that like currently serving. Oh no, that couldn't name do. one. No. Kamala's got that hot husband, but I, I don't even know his name, Eric or something. Sure. I'm just saying that like she wants to be like the famous like lady about town. You're yeah. not the first lady, Martha. But, like I'm sure a lot of these people were like, oh, she wants to do it. Good, good, good. Yeah, she'll yeah, go. Yeah, sure. She'll go. She'll well, talk to everybody. Because my next one is, oh, Martha and I would have been very good friends. Very good friends. <laughs> we would have been very good. Well, I've often said to young candidates for how to win. First, pick the right wife. Doesn't make as much news, and she must uh, recognize that, that the husband is going to make the news. Washington was a male-dominated city. It was run by white men at the White House and men at every single cabinet level. Now, Nixon says, if you want any success in this business, the first thing you have to do is pick the right wife. Now, even I mean, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. But he says it in a garbagey way. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. choosing to take the power back and spin it as a positive. Except what I was really taking from that was that, like, it's just a given that anybody in politics is going to be a man. Of course. He's well, not uh, saying, like, course. choose the right spouse. He's exactly. saying, like, choose the right wife. He's saying you know? it in a garbagey way. I'm choosing yeah. to hear it the way I want to hear it and then turn it to my own needs. But, like, Martha's just not like that. Because you- he says, look, the stupid wife has to realize she's not the star here. Exactly. She's like, basically, because <laughs> right. he says the husband makes yeah. the news, not the wife. Yeah. Yeah. He's already planting seeds like, Martha, I've seen you at the cocktail party. <laughs> Don't get any ideas. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's got a hundred ideas. Oh my God. Meanwhile, Connie Chung is here. We Just gotta, audio. We got to talk about this talking head situation yeah. because there's a hundred talking heads, but we never see any of them. It's just audio. Or it's archival footage from like being on David Frost or something. Yeah, I guess so. But I'm like, was it pandemic times and they just record their audio on like their iPhones and emailed it in? I got the sense that a lot of these interviews happened a long time ago. Oh. That it's just like archival You were probably audio. playing closer attention. I probably. was looking. I was <laughs> the odds are pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Odds are pretty great. <laughs> I was just like really dazzled by her brooches. I loved those glasses, those cat eyes. The glasses are great. So the coats for that hair that I'm like, I don't even know how she gets her hair to stand up like I, that. And, but we're also just like, oh my God, she looks like such someone of that time. She yeah. was that time. Exactly. She was exactly what a woman in 1968 who was in politics, in Republican politics, she dressed the part. Yeah. You know? I, it should also be said that it's stated clearly Washington was a city run by white men only. Yeah, kind of You had to, to be a man. Yeah, exactly. Right. Maury Povich is here eventually as well. Is that right? Yeah, he makes a quick appearance in the end. So who was paying more attention? <laughs> caught. I'm caught. <laughs> Women who were part of the Washington social scene were hostesses. Women went into the other room and had coffee while the men talked about the important things. But Martha Mitchell wasn't playing the Washington game. She was not going to be just the wife who sits in the background and not say anything. A political life isn't like a normal person. They can do and say what they please, but I do say what I please. We also meet Sally Quinn, who's a journalist at the Washington Post. And yeah. she's like, you know, women were part of the social scene. We were the hostesses. But this is where they point out that, like, Martha Mitchell just wasn't going to do that. She was not going to sit in the background and be some, like, lapdog wife. Right. And the first example of this that we see is... Well, sweetie, i tell you what. I've seen that in the paper today. And I don't think you all have been home and doing your homework. Well, sweetie, I'll tell you what. She's talking to a journalist. I know. Well, sweetie, I'll tell you what. I, I saw know. what you wrote in the paper today, and I don't think you people are actually doing your homework and reporting this the way you should be. I, and they're like, oh, God. But she's right. She is right. They say that if, like, Martha, she was such a firecracker that if she was coming to dinner at the White House, people were, like, on high alert. Right. And then we learn, it's not that the president didn't like women. It's that he didn't like loud women. Now, hold on a second. He wouldn't have liked either one of us. No, that's a direct quote. Yeah. Now, I want to be clear here yeah. that they're not just talking about the volume of her voice when they exactly. say loud, right? Exactly. Like, to be loud is to be strong and honest and have something to say and to say it clearly and not be steamrolled and not be bullied. And, like, I'm sure she was loud, too. Like, you loud? Yeah. But she was... <laughs> she invented the meetings. <laughs> she invented me. Um, but, like, that's what they mean by loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just a volume thing. Totally. And there was also more than... This is where I relate. Uh, there was more than one occasion where Martha would get hammered and start making official phone calls to the White House. You texted me. You're like, look, if we had the president's phone number, we would probably drunk dial him too. Let's not come for her Let's for that. Let's not vilify Martha for no. that. If I had a direct line to Joe, I'd be making a couple of phone calls. And I gotta say, as much as like Nixon publicly didn't like her, privately he probably sometimes got a kick out of her. Because someone says that she's on some, she's, she did every, she every was in, on show. every news show, everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. and someone's like, Martha, did you recently call the president and tell him what to do? <laughs> she's like, well, yeah, you know, I advise him from time to time. 
(laughs) And Martha even says, she's like, the president just didn't know what to make of me. Like, he never knew what I was getting. Yeah. No one, like, got, everyone was like, how do, I don't understand this, so how do I handle this? And it's like, she doesn't need to be handled. The other thing is, it's not like he met Martha the day he became president. Her husband and him used to be law partners. They were all buds. They used to, he would come over for dinner, probably. And I think what happened is that, which we get into a little bit later, it was all, like, fun. She shook things up a little bit until it got really real and they realized that like oh no she's like actually saying valuable things exactly she, they thought exactly. she was the fun party wife yeah and she was but she's also fucking smart and noticed things were wrong and had something to say about it martha mitchell said today those who advocate violent revolution in the united states should be kicked out of this country she did not say where she wanted them kicked to today at about 2 a.m she called the arkansas gazette in little rock demanding that senator fulbright be crucified I've always thought that Mr. Fulbright, if you want to call him that, I have an awful time calling him that. He's either half bright, he's now down to quarter bright. I feel like she doesn't like hippies. Well, Martha, (laughs) your 1968 republicanism is showing. She thinks all violent protesters should be kicked out of the country. To where? She doesn't say. Well, the thing is, she says violent protesters. I don't like violent protesters either. But when they're saying that she said this, I had to really stop and look at it. Because they're showing stock footage of hippies. Right. And hippies were not violent protesters. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then, like, you just want to throw them out of the country to where, Martha? I know. The the world is in peril. It's 1968. There's a lot going on. She doesn't say. She doesn't, she doesn't she, have a place in mind. No, but however, uh, she does call a newspaper in Little Rock, Arkansas, and demand that a senator be crucified. <laughs> she, this is, wait, what's his name? Fulbright. Yeah, she wants Senator Fulbright of Arkansas crucified. Well, then she, she's got bits because right. she's, again, once again, on TV being interviewed about yeah. this thing that was in the paper. Yeah. And she goes, well, you know, this guy Fulbright. Yeah, if you can call him that, more like half bright, am I right? <laughs> Got a corner bright, and everyone's laughing. I know it's she like really hates this guy. It's like they're live taping at the Dick Van Dyke show. Knee slapping and bold over laughing. They think she's a kid. Can kick. you imagine you're Fulbright and you're like, you see the she attorney general's wife on a talk show talking shit about you? If it were Martha, my feelings would be very I hurt. Know. A quarter bright? <laughs> Not that bad, Martha. I, I always answer your drunk dialogue. <laughs> I just love, like, Martha's cracking open a bottle of Chardonnay. You know, she's going to call the vice president yeah, tonight. And you know what? As she should. She's you got know, thoughts and feelings. Can you name Nixon's vice president? Uh, no. Spiro Agnew. Oh, and I, fuck I, Spiro Agnew, of course. <laughs> That's one I, of those things where, like, of course, what a name. Of I know, course well, you know Spiro Agnew. I only Agnew. know it, my favorite lesbian, Rachel Maddow. Oh. I only, because she made a podcast called Bagman about yeah. Spiro Agnew. I'm sorry, Mike. Oh. <laughs> You just apologize. What's going to happen? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Is he going to take away your allowance? (laughs) No. I don't know why I apologize. (laughs) So she knows she's a bit of a character. Uh She loves it. She's playing it up and she's kind of like, it's all going really well for everyone right now. I don't think there's any question that early they enjoyed Martha getting the attention that she got. She was good. She was on message. Even though she was pro-Nixon, she was completely untethered. (laughs) And Mitchell seemed to go along with it, which was even more interesting. I can neither control what she says or what she does. (laughs) In fact, she is getting to be known as the unguided missile. Because honestly, like, they don't like being in the spotlight. She loves being in the spotlight. They're like, fine, let her do it. And Nixon's the worst. So now we can talk about, like, fun Martha instead? And they say that, like, she's basically on message, so it's fine. You know? Right. But someone says that, like, someone would be asked if they heard that Martha called. And they're like, oh, God, who did she drunk dial now? It's not like, oh, what did Martha say? Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine in a world where Steve was the president and I'm the first lady? Can you imagine? Like, is that not the world I'm, we live in? In some way, in some existential or very meta way. I would be drunk dialing every... I'd be calling AOC every fucking night. You know every what night. I, I, you know what I would love? I would love to see Martha's like iPhone recent calls, <laughs> like recent outgoing <laughs> calls. Like just in my brain, yeah, I just yeah. want to be able to scroll and yeah, see yeah, yeah, who yeah, she's totally, called totally. lately and at what time and how long the outgoing call lasted. <laughs> In my fantasy. You love a phone. We met a famous <laughs> we met a famous person once and we got access to their phone for two seconds and you typed in a letter and Beyonce's number came up. I, w- I was told to put my telephone number in another person's telephone. <laughs> and you put it in and Beyonce's number came up. And I didn't look. I just kept I- typing my digits. <laughs> 
Um, things like that are wild when it, they happen. That is, it is because real it's wild. also like, oh, Beyonce has a phone number. I know. So people like, just text it, Beyonce. It feels I know. like she shouldn't. Like it feels like she's too no, high know, above us. That like she's got a phone. What does she text Taylor Swift? Does Taylor have a phone? <laughs> Why, why do these people have phones? Do you think the Indigo Girls have phones? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. That took a turn, didn't it? When I came along, the American people related to me in certain ways. The administration couldn't believe it. What are they going to do with Martha Mitchell? The Attorney General of the United States, Martha Mitchell. We have voted you the person who has done the most for Ma Bell, and your prize is a telephone in the shape of the Supreme Court. <laughs> well, that'll make hanging it up a real pleasure. So, like, this was good for everyone. Everyone liked her. She shook things up. And the Nixon administration was, like, staunchly anti-press, right? Yes. And she was very pro-talking to the press. And we see her again on every talk show. She does that one ringy-dingy thing with Lily Tomlin. Did you Laughing. Catch... Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. she does, like, that phone operator character. And the thing about this that I think is really important to, like, focus on for a second is she's in on the joke. Right. We're laughing yes. with Martha yes. Mitchell the yes. whole time. 100%. Like, she's, she's, like, chuckling. It's, like, she breaks character. It is very charming. Yeah. Like she's in us. She gets all of it. Yes. Like at one point when she walks, she like walks out into the Rose Garden or whatever. And she's like, hello, I'm here. Where are my boyfriends? She's talking about the journalist. And I, I know, said, that's me. <laughs> Patrick entering literally any room. Because she's in also, my notes. she's walking down like a set of stairs when she says, where are my boyfriends? Yeah, I'm here. I would be the best first man. Why is Steve first not lady. president? Yeah. First lady. I feel like I could really make something out of that job. I'd make a meal out of it, like I, our Broadway director Joshi, says. I think you already do play that role. <laughs> okay. Great. Very well. Yeah, thank Swimmingly. You okay, thank you. So now we meet Helen Thomas. So uh -oh. I don't know if you all know who Helen Thomas is. I only remember her from like the Clinton era when she was a billion years old. <laughs> and she was like covering the White House. So she'd go into like the briefing room and she would always like sit right front and center. Every president called on her anytime. Like yeah. she's like a famous, famous journalist. But we see her in like the 60s when she was already like in her 50s or whatever. Yeah. But she's here. She's a big part of this. And she's says every reporter in town wanted to talk to her and I'm one of them. Yeah. She couldn't wait to talk to Martha. <laughs> because she says she hit this town like a bomb. Right. I love that. I remember once coming back from California and the Mitchells were on board. We were on the back side of the plane and the men were playing cards and Martha Mitchell came back. I said, well, you know, what do you think of the miniskirts? Why don't you ask me something important? I said, okay. What do you think of the Vietnam War? She said, it stinks. The men stopped playing cards and grabbed their notebooks. And Helen goes, hey, Martha, what do you think about miniskirts? And Martha shoots yeah. back with all the energy of a woman in 2022 yeah. and says, why don't you ask me something important? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Helen goes, okay, what do you think about the Vietnam War? Record scratch, scratch moment. all the male journalists weren't paying any attention to Martha. They were They're playing, all playing cards. poker or whatever. Which would be very fun. <laughs> totally. But, and again, like, I love that Helen asked a shitty question. Yeah. Was put in her place a little bit and yeah. then said, all right, you want the hard-hitting questions? You got it, Martha. And then she got a scoop. Because, yeah. so the whole thing, I was kind of like, I don't know as much about the Vietnam War as I should, but they tell us that, like, presidents were just inheriting this war. Yeah. And Nixon had inherited it. Nobody wanted it. No one knew what to do with it. But for Martha to be out there talking shit about it puts the administration in a real bad position. She was banned from Air Force One after this. Right. And I gotta say, she's probably the only fun thing on Air Force I One. I know. Helen was like, damn it. I know. The only other woman, probably, know, in the room. I know. I know. So, yeah. So, Nixon eventually withdrew us from the war in 1973 and then it ended in 75 but yeah. like her comments were quote beyond awkward because no one like you just don't say this when you're this close to the minute you don't say like that's when people say like oh it's just like a well, political answer you just kind of hem and haw right. she gave a like I hate it stinks is yeah what she and she's also a woman she's like on another talk show and the talk show host is like don't you think that's dangerous for your party and she's like no it's just unusual for a woman to speak her mind right that's why it makes news I love that you said and yet on yet another talk show <laughs> yet another look her dance card is full. Full. She would 100% at least entertain the idea of being a co-host on The View were she alive today. Yeah. I was going to say she would totally come to Obsess Fest. <laughs> <laughs> she totally oh, would have. Maybe next week we get one of the drag queens to go as Martha Mitchell. Okay. Don't Wouldn't tell all your secrets. Okay, okay. Take notes. Martha's not that smart. knows exactly what she's doing. She's always going to have to be. That's what conspiracy is. That's what it is. So we get some 
on-screen text and we learned that between 1971 and 1973, Nixon was secretly recording tapes of his conversations in the White House and executive offices. Martha Mitchell was mentioned over 100 times. We know about the Nixon tapes. And again, I don't know as much about Nixon as I should or the tape. I asked Steve, I was like, why? I, I knew that he had the tapes, but why? And Steve said it was just because Nixon was fucking paranoid. Yeah. And like never- he was doing bad shit. But like, why would you record yourself doing it's bad wild. shit? You know what I mean? Like, Donald Trump doesn't even like have a cell phone, literally. I know. I know. <laughs> Everything was going so well. I know. Sorry. Dark cloud. Just I'm just. I'm room. just saying that. Like, yeah. why would you? If you're paranoid, wouldn't you want the opposite of like recordings of it? Because I think he's thinking that he can get people and he can, you know, when you're just paranoid. I deluded, guess. Like that's. What but happens. this is like, was his downfall? Were these fucking tapes? And he's talking shit about Martha. And I he's know. talking about like, quote, what a pain in the ass she is. And he goes, it scares me. I just can't stand it. Is that your focus? I know. Nixon, right why now. Why are you thinking about it's her? It's 1968. The Vietnam War has been going on since 1955. I know. There's other shit to deal with. Civil rights. Like, come on. It's true. Martha Mitchell is the scariest thing in your life right now and you're the president. I feel like being the president is probably a lonely position. Look, I'm not going to do <laughs> no it. No way. But I'm saying you're there yeah, now. I know. You wanted this. Go to work. I you're know. at work. <laughs> I feel like you're talking to me. No, I know that you work okay. too much. We've what time do you think I got up today? 3.45. <laughs> because I got to be in my chair by... 4.15. No, by 4. What am I? What? I got to be in my chair by 4 a.m. I need 15 minutes to pee and make the coffee. Okay. So I'm just saying. Okay, fine. Okay. I work, I, I work a real long day to talk. I know. We got a lot going on. <laughs> so it's 1972 and it's Nixon's re-election campaign and we hear a horrible song about <laughs> his like, re-election yes. jingle. It's a real bad song. But it's so 1972 I can't take it. Like, we love Martha, but she's, like, chomping at the bit to get out there and stump for Nixon. She yeah. just, like, wants to get out on the trail and, like, make appearances. I know. I know. Again, I'd be great at this. You'd be great at this. If she were running for office, I'd be making every appearance. Oh, of course you would. And but he'd be happy that you are. I would also be, like, knocking over glasses of water everywhere I went. Yeah, but it's cute and charming. Totally. Be all over the TikTok. You'd go viral. You'd be a sound on TikTok. You'd be a trend. It'd be a whole thing. He'll be pretending to knock all over glasses of water just like Patrick. <laughs> Don't y'all want me in a position where I can just, like, go to charity events and, like, be on talk shows? That yes. sounds like an amazing life. I don't know why how anyone's stopping you. Okay. <laughs> you can do anything you set your mind to. So, also, can we talk about how Martha invented an organization called Creep? Well, hold on a second. So, her husband, who was the attorney general, yeah. now resigns so that he can run the campaign. Correct. Nixon's yeah. re-election campaign. Yeah. So, Martha, like, couldn't wait to get back to the people and nope. go to the events. I was one of the first a Creep which was a committee to re-elect the president. Magruder, Porter, and myself were the first three people that opened up Creep. I had my own staff, my own office. I was involved in the whole campaign. I'm out all around the country working day in and day out to make this man president. So it's called the Committee to Re-Elect the President or... Creep. Which is just like, what? We need to do better, we, right? Like, Martha, you're a smart gal. You like, know what I mean? I just I... don't I don't understand. That's the name of this organ. Why would you want it to be called Creep? And that's like footage for uh, the Committee to Re-Elect the President. Like, no, I get it. No. Like, I get what it, the words are. <laughs> no one's confused. We didn't even need the parentheses. You know what I mean? <laughs> and also Nixon. I get it. Creep. Right. Totally. A little too meta. A little right. too on the nose. A little on the nose. But how did how did no one say, you know what people are going to think because the word creep is there? <laughs> but Martha's all excited because she had her own staff and her own office. And she was like involved. She was like a valued member of the campaign. And she's great at it because she loves yeah, it. Like yeah. she's loyal to the party. Like everything she's doing is great at first. Yeah. She's like me. She likes to show her work. She's like, I'm going everywhere day and night. Yeah. I'm always working. I know. We know. <laughs> I'm saying that to you and Martha. We get it. There's proof of it. No, you're on the I right. It's really so hard. I know you do. Okay. And I like to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Because how else will people know? Because of all the endless content we put out. Because you're traveling everywhere. Because you have a book. Because I, we know. I'm coming to 10 cities in January and February to read my book to people. Great. Okay. It's going to be a hell of a party. Can will you, you come dress to one of them? Of course. Will you come to the New York one? No. <laughs> what do you think? I'm a fucking monster? What is wrong with you? Are you honestly asking me if I'm going to come to your fucking book party in my city? 
What are you, out of your mind? That's like the meanest thing you've ever said. Do you see how mad she is? That was a mean question. Of course I would come and support you. I can't wait. Okay. Uh, are you going to buy the book? We have to move on. What changed your feelings about him? Because I know that at one time you believed in Richard Nixon, you and your husband. What happened? California. I didn't want to come out here that particular time. And I was made to come out here on that trip at the last minute. John Mitchell and I and some others from the campaign were in Los Angeles. And we were having a fundraiser. The waiter comes over with a phone and I find out what happened. So everything changed in California. And I was, so they say to her, like, when did, yeah, like, where and when and why? And, and we don't know what happened. She says that she didn't want to go on this particular trip to California. And we don't know why. And yeah. that's a little strange because she loved going on these trips. And yeah. we don't know what what happened there. But she was forced to go at the last minute. And we learned that this trip was on June 17th, 1972, the day of the breaking at Watergate. Right. So the campaign is having a fundraiser in L.A. And five men are arrested for breaking into the DNC headquarters. Yes. And they're trying to install eavesdropping equipment. Files were taken, all that stuff, right? So, like, John Mitchell, who was a major part of this... Martha's husband, in case you forgot. And now campaign manager, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Leaves Martha in California. Like, everyone involved in the Watergate break-in leaves, and they make Martha stay in California. Now, let me explain this a little bit, because the plan was for them to not get caught. They're going to break in. Obviously. They're going to steal this shit. They're going to... Stay ins- stupid, everybody. Exactly. They're going to install the equipment. Martha's going to spend two days in California. Everyone's coming home. And they've gotten Martha out of the fucking building. Remember, this is the building where she and John live. Right. So the point was to have Martha out of the Watergate while this was happening so she wouldn't see it. And also to, like, have her not be back, you know, whatever. Like, they wanted to do it when she wasn't there. And now that her husband, he leaves her there because she's a loose fucking cannon. And she's going to figure out why they made her go on this trip she didn't want to go on. And she's going to have a lot of shit to say. Well, also, James McCord, one of the burglars. Yes. She knows him. Right. Like, (laughs) so stay stupid, everybody. He works for the GOP. More specifically, Nixon's re-election committee. And he works for them. He's like the bodyguard for Martha Mitchell and the children. He takes their kids to school every day. He's also their assistant. Right. So if you don't want her involved, don't involve two of the closest people in her life, you stupid men. Can you imagine, like, I make Steve go on a trip with me to California so Natalie can break into the Wondery office. Can you imagine? Steal steal all their podcast secrets. Poor Natalie. (laughs) That was the last time Natalie got a raise. We have her breaking into other fucking companies. God. Natalie is well compensated. I immediately picked up the telephone, called Washington to find out what it was all about. I meet with John Mitchell in his apartment. There are calls from Martha then. She was outraged that John had left her in California and not given her the full story. All I heard is that Martha was out of hand, that she had been hysterical. She's furious. Her husband left her in California. Her husband lied to her. She's totally out of the loop. And of course, what do the men say? She is one hysterical woman, isn't she? Well, because what they now they're troubleshooting because they're like, Martha's going to go fucking bananas here. And we've got to start like putting it out there that she's crazy and she's unhinged. So if something happens and we have to commit her to an institution and no one ever sees her again, we told you she was nuts. But so Martha is alone in her room in California. She calls Helen Thomas. From Air Force One yes. with hey, the miniskirts and the Vietnam and it stinks. <laughs> And like the legendary reporter, she calls Helen Thomas and she's literally just spilling the tea about Watergate. One of the bodyguards overhears this, calls the fucking president and says, what should I do? And then Helen Thomas tells us the story that she hears. Pretty soon I heard her uh, saying, get away, get away. And I didn't know what was happening. And then there was a phone disconnect. Like, what? That's an insane thing to happen. I know. Imagine being Helen on the other end. What? What? Like, you think she was killed? You think Martha was killed? I know. That's a very ominous thing to hear. It's ghoulish, as you would say. It's fucking ghoul, but even more ghoulish, we hear from the hotel doctor. This is wild. this is insane. And we hear his voiceover. I just went to a private room. There were people in the room, and they were beside themselves about her yelling or screaming. They wanted to calm her down. She was held down, and I did give her an injection tranquilizer. 
of course she's upset, by the way. I just want to say that. Like, of course she's upset. She's the only person in America who knows what really fucking happened. Right, and no one's listening to her no. and her, and she's betrayed. Of course she's upset. This doctor tells us about how men hold Martha Mitchell down on the bed and he forcibly injects her with a tranquilizer. Right, and that's when Martha says, and that was the beginning of my being held prisoner. I, Unbelievable. She's being held prisoner. To shut her up. Can you imagine? I mean, like, the betrayal of it all. Yes, and also, like, that's not going to work, everybody. No, yeah. Like, in order for this to work, work in quotes, you have to do something drastic. Like, you're not going to kill Martha you Mitchell, You either have you? to kill her or put her away somewhere or silence her somehow. But and- she's still talking, which I love. She's still talking. Exactly. And, and by the way, she also says, she reports to Ellen Thomas that she was beaten by the guards. By her husband's security yeah, guards. Yeah, she, and she shows, like, bruises on her arms and her thighs to prove it. Yeah. But she is telling reporters everything. And she's like, they don't want me to talk, but here I am talking to you. And so now Nixon's like, all right, we have to handle this Martha situation. Yeah. Like, he wants John, the husband, to shut her up. Yeah. Something needs to happen. She knows too much. She's talking too much. And Martha says, yeah, I know. I know all about it because I told my husband, either it's either me or the president. You have to choose. Either and, leave politics uh, or I'm leaving you. She makes this, like, I mean, it's all over the news. And yeah. I got to tell you, like, it, like, this documentary is great. And we're kind of, like, loving how, like, sassy and over the top she is. That must be fucking terrifying. It is terrifying. She's taking on the fucking president of the United States. Who is ordering doctors to hold her down and tranquilize her against her will and her husband is letting his bodyguards beat her up. Like, what? She's being abused by everyone around her. This is terrifying. It's terrifying. And then Martha, we hear Martha saying that all of a sudden there are rumors coming out of the White House that she's crazy, she's an alcoholic, she's all mixed up. They're trying to, like, get ahead of it so they can lock her up. And we have audio of this because remember the Nixon tapes, right? Exactly. So we have him, like, we can hear Nixon saying we would have to leak out the fact that she's not well very strongly. We have to. Yes. That's their only recourse here. John Mitchell, the former attorney general, has quit as President Nixon's campaign director. He told the president that his reason for resigning was Mrs. Mitchell. Some Democrats maintain that the burglary of their headquarters carried out by, among others, a member of Mitchell's staff may have been a factor. Republicans flatly and vehemently deny this. They say the one and only reason is Mrs. Mitchell. A Justice Department friend of the Mitchells said just after that, quote, Martha has a special problem. Obviously, it has gotten more serious, unquote. And so, like, he quits. He orchestrated Watergate. Yeah, yeah. And he's blaming it on his wife. And everyone knows about it. Like, yes. every the public isn't falling for this at all. And well, are we going to talk about the Free Martha campaign? <laughs> The Free Martha Mitchell movement. Yeah, I'm right the here. Free Martha, Martha Mitchell movement. We, we like we're at like rallies and protests where people are saying they have to free Martha Mitchell. And Connie Chung says like nobody really believed her. Like everyone thought she was like the Democrats are saying like free Martha Mitchell, but like everyone thinks she she kind of is this wild over the top woman. And like they used her to distract from Watergate, and it worked because Nixon won the '72 election. And they say he, he won. won by a landslide. Yeah. They say she has to move to New York City, where she says she hides in her little apartment because she's too embarrassed. To go outside. Right. So at first we're like, okay, nothing happened. Nixon gets re-election. But remember that guy McCord who was like the friend of Martha Mitchell? The guy who did the break-in. Right. He starts talking. Yes. So it's 1973 and McCord testifies before a Senate committee and he's like, John Mitchell, John Mitchell did it. He was at the head of this. He did it and he knew fucking everything. He's a a tea spiller too. Yeah. Martha keeps talking. She's calling the goddamn New York Times. Because what happens is that Martha Mitchell doesn't believe it. So this guy McCord is saying like Mitchell knew everything and Martha is now saying she's holding press conferences in front of her fucking apartment building. I know. It's amazing. she's the kind of lady like when she speaks, everyone listens. Right. I am sick and tired of people saying I'm after publicity. But if I have to get publicity in order to clear two guiltless people, my husband and myself, and you can place all the blame right on the White House. What do you mean on the White House? Well, where do you think all of this originated? Do you think my husband's that stupid? And whom do you think he's been protecting? And she's just saying they're trying to pin it on my husband. I won't let them do it. She says, I don't care who gets hurt. I can name names. I mean. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, like, she was super pissed at Nixon. She wants to protect John. But the thing is, like, her husband was very, very involved. And she didn't know that. Right. Exactly. She didn't know. And we, with the hindsight of history, we know that she's wrong. Right. She's wrong, like, about John's involvement. But she was right about everything else. Like, that it happened. Like, she knew the truth before anybody. And then she says to the, like, the gathered reporters, they're going to try to kill me. 
me, and I'm relying on you to keep me alive. I depend on you, the press, to protect me. She also looks like a million bucks all the time. I know. She's going through, like, one of the hardest things you can go through. She's taking on the president of the United States, and she looks amazing. She has those, like, old-timey, late 1960s, like, pants, like, wool suits. Totally. The the Chanel suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. So, and Martha, like, calls on Nixon to resign. She's like, hey, asshole, like, you always knew what was going on. And Helen Thomas says, by the way, like, she was the first. She was doing that, like, long before everybody else was, was in on that. Exactly. So now we learn a little bit about, like, John leaving Martha because they have these, like, horrible public fights. Former Attorney General John Mitchell has left his wife and has moved into a New York hotel. Newsweek says this is the result of a recent series of violent outbursts in which Mrs. Mitchell threw her husband's clothes into the hall of their apartment building. Friends claim Mitchell has told them his wife is a sick woman, but that he cannot bring himself to take the legal steps necessary to have her committed. John is saying, like, he's trying to justify leaving her, He, like, moves into a hotel. But he's like, my wife is a very sick woman, and I don't have the heart to have her committed. Bullshit! If you really loved her and she was sick, you would actually take care of her. But you're just an asshole. You're just an asshole. And I can't Look, I always imagined that their relationship was really fun, and he got her, and she was loud and drinks a lot. But, like, he's, like, cool. Like, he liked it. And I think things just changed. It's Instagram versus reality a little bit, you know? Yes, and also I think that, like, his loyalty is to the president, like, over anything else. You know? Boo. I feel like Martha might not have been the easiest to live with in this moment. Martha reminds me a lot of me. I was going to say. If I, if I was going through a very stressful time like this, and it's slowly dawning on me that my husband was actually well, really ex- involved. Exactly. It's and, not like she doesn't have a like stand on here. No, and we get these stories that she's like taking his clothes and throwing them out in the hall. I was thinking like, wow, what kind of adventure it would have been to have been their neighbors. I know. All of I thought name. you were going to say like, what would it take for me to start throwing Steve's clothes out the window? I mean. Like, how, how angry would you have to be? He'd probably have to participate in Watergate and lie to you about totally. it. And then let people beat you and no, then like drag your name through the mud. The, one of the reasons Steve and I are a good team is because whenever I get upset with him, I remember all the living hell I put him through every single oh. day. <laughs> and you I'm should like, teach it's a, classes. It's a lot a of men don't know how to do that. No. I know. I know how truly lucky I am. A lot of people in yes. this world do not have that self-awareness. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just like, I That's can't. That's amazing. I'm, I'm really mad at you and I want to do crazy things, but I can't have you leaving me. And he's like, right. Right. <laughs> Put the half and half back in the goddamn fridge. I did it again this morning. I know you did. Because <laughs> you woke up. I, I know. know. I woke up and I was thirsty for my coffee. I know. And the fridge is all the way over there. I know. You know what I mean? I hear you. Okay. I do, you, are, do you put it away? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but I do leave cups everywhere. It's part of my ADHD thing. Like oh, I'll yeah? get like a full cup of like like ice water and then I'll leave it and then and then I'll not find it and I'll be like I guess I didn't make it and then I'll have another glass of water somewhere I have cups everywhere I want the listeners to know you are more me than Steve in like in this regard sure. the time that you and I showed up at the airport the first time we traveled alone together yeah. and we both realized that we're both Neither the us, us. Steve. Yeah. no we're not the Steve or the Mike no. who would know exactly where to go and what to do and how to make those like the tags you gotta put on your bag that are sticky yeah. and if you do it wrong they're all misaligned and then you, ru- and then and then you ruin it, it and, and you then, can't go on the trip they send you to prison forever <laughs> at least that's how it feels when my hands are shaking I can't do it no one has a gun to my head. No, no. But it sure does feel like it. No. She was by herself after he left. Her daughter, Marty, wasn't there. And I know that when they were estranged, that was a hole in Martha's heart. I've been under the most trying things, and if anybody could turn out to be an alcoholic, I should. But I'm not. I think she was scared all the time that something else might happen to her. She said, I know they're doing this because they think I know too much. We hear a lot about how hard this was on Martha. Like, she was totally alone. She was very scared. And she doesn't have any money. And, like, she's relying on him for support payments that he's not making. And the president hates her. Yeah. Like, and he has a lot of power. And that's a scary thing. Like, she says, every day I'd wake up and wonder what's going to happen to me. Because she says, I've been doped. They tried to put me in a mental institution twice. They've tried to kill me. I believe everything she's saying. Of course. Because then the Nixon tapes come out. So all of that. Remember, Martha Mitchell's name was mentioned over a hundred. He he literally says we have to pin this on her. Like Martha is proved right. She wasn't crazy. They're on the tape making the plans how they're going to make her look crazy. But she also has to grapple with what she learns on the tapes about why her husband really resigned. Exactly. And he didn't resign to take care of her. He resigned to duck responsibility for Watergate. Right. So and she had always believed that he like left to take care of her. And that was part of the thing that was making her so scared and upset was because she was like, how could this like nothing was making sense. And now everything. 
everything makes sense. Exactly. So John Mitchell was charged with obstruction of justice, lying to the grand jury and the FBI, and faces 30 years in prison, but we'll get back to him. Yeah. Nixon resigns, doesn't give any pardons to anybody. And this is what's so wild. I think John, like, fully believed he would be pardoned by Nixon. Nixon leaves office without pardoning anybody. Bye. Wow. He just bails. Yeah. Yeah, Nixon leaves in 74, and Martha Mitchell is, like, vindicated. She's all over TV. She's doing every interview. She's telling her story. Yeah. And she says, and this was, like, so heartbreaking to me, because she says... People say that you started the whole Watergate thing. You let everybody know. That's absolutely right. Are you happy with the outcome? I am indeed. Do you think that uh, if President... It's been the greatest thing in the world for this country. We're going to get all the politicians real true blue again. They're not going to be dishonest. And I just said to myself, sorry, Martha, that never happened and it only got worse. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, you what know? you like, what did you think you were getting into, Martha? You know what I mean? Like, but also, like, Watergate, like, at the time was, like, the worst. I know. And I now, think about that sometimes now when I'm like, it, from my perspective, there, there have been times that I'm like, it can't get worse than this. But it definitely will. It will. You know? Oh. I, ouch. <laughs> and this I, is where, I feel that right here in my heart. Oh. I know. And this is where Maury Povich is here. Looking like a million bucks. <laughs> he's got some tiny little, like, cable access show. And he's basically just saying, like, Congratulations, girl. You did it. You were vindicated. You were vindicated. I love that Martha makes the rounds on TV taking full responsibility for the downfall of the president. Look. (laughs) I know. She played a major role. I said, Martha Mitchell is back, baby. She's She's back. She's back in her prime. She's on TV and she's talking shit. Yeah. Love her. And then John, her husband, gets sentenced and he fucked this. Dirtbag like says to a reporter, "Well, it could have been worse. He could have sent he could have sentenced me to live with Martha what Mitchell. A what piece a of asshole!" Shit. And remember, he could face up to thirty years or whatever. He yeah. was sentenced to two and a half to eight years. He served nineteen months. This yeah. guy, and he won't pay his child support. Martha right. has to sue him for unpaid child. What a dirtbag this guy! And it's so fucking sad because like by nineteen seventy four, when this is all happening, she's broke and she's sick with a malignant blood disease, and she dies in nineteen seventy six. Yeah, and like because. She died so close to when this was happening, yeah. like almost in the middle of it still. Uh-huh. People are really, really supporting her. And someone sent a flower arrangement that had flowers that spelled out Martha was right. It just, this must have been so taxing on her because she died immediately after. I know. I mean, she died immediately of course. after. I mean, think about every, like, the weight that she was carrying for everything. One, to be, like, the cool, fun spokesperson. And then they hated her for it. And then she knew the truth. And everyone was gaslighting her. And she, she couldn't trust anyone. And then this corrupt president, like, all the power he had. And her husband uh, turned on her. Like, yes. was, like her husband left her and turned on her. Her. And it's like, she, you know, she, everyone knew, which I, I guess like one little silver lining is that everyone knew in the moment that she was right. Yes. Like she was outspoken and she was right. And at one point I was like, is this me? Right. Like all of these garbage <laughs> people I'm waiting for uh-huh. everyone else to come around uh-huh, on. Like uh-huh. I'm right eventually. Well, they say in 1998, a Harvard psychologist named Brendan Marr coined the term the Martha Mitchell effect, which is what this is called. Right. And it describes a process in which a person's beliefs are initially labeled as delusional, but are later turned out to be true. Isn't that a Cassandra? Isn't that like from like Greek tragedy? Oh, yeah. Shoot. <laughs> I don't mean to like blow it no. up. Martha Mitchell was pretty amazing. You yeah. know what I mean? Because we saw this play out in real time, yeah. I guess. You yeah. know, it's yeah. like, it's not just like a story. It's It right. happened. What do you think people are going to have flowers spell out at my funeral? <laughs> Bisexual witch. Oh, bye. bye. No, 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 no. <laughs> It'll be okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she was right. She was right. Just takes people a little bit longer to come around, but don't worry. I think it'd be really funny. My arrangement to you, should I outlive you? And if I do, it'll be by 35 seconds. Right. It's just going to say, okay, bye-bye. Oh, God. <laughs> Yours is going to say, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> We did the Martha Mitchell effect. I remembered what it was called. You did. Look at me. Because we we actually just said the name a couple times, but I'll give it to you. Yeah, thank I'll you give so it to much. you. I want you to have it. Fam, join us on the Patreon. We're uploading a ton of video content there. Like I've been saying, we we've already put up our live show that we did at Obsessed Fast. Yep. We covered uh We covered um the Dateline episode Killer Roll with yep. Chris Morrison. And it was like, you know, multi-angle cameras. It's been like highly edited. Our dancers opened the show. It was amazing. We're gonna be uploading the Class Action Park film live yes. at the Wilbur in Boston. We're uploading the West Memphis 3 panel from Obsessed Fast. Yes. You and Damien. And Bob Ruff. And Bob Ruff. And we're also uploading the Rabia and Rebecca chat. Ugh, There's also so 350 great. at least full ad-free bonus episodes. Yeah, we have a, it's a party. Everyone's invited. So yeah. if you want to come by, come swing by. We also did um, an after party where we debriefed about Obsessed yes. Fest. That was really fun. My mom 
mom texted me that she listened to it. She said that it was really sweet the way you say nice things to me. She said oh. it was like really moving to her. Oh, I, <laughs> I, meant to tell, I meant to send you a screenshot of that. Thanks, Barbara. Yeah. Also, we're going to be announcing year two really soon. Really soon, we're everyone. really, really close, everyone. It's going to be great. Follow us noise. on TikTok. It's True Crime Obsessed Pod. Follow Obsessed Fest on Instagram. It's at Obsessed Fest. Great. What are we doing next? We are doing, oh God. What is it? Everyone get your barf bag ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> Girls Gone Wild Exposed, which is an episode of oh. Rich and Shameless. Oh my God. It's real bad. I gotta uh, tell you, the guys <laughs> gone wild was super hot stuff. Was it the same guy, Joe Francis? Yes, it was that. And it was like the straight guys just like getting naked and like sometimes making out with each other. What? Yeah, guys gone wild. Check it I out. I don't think they talk about this in Girls Gone Wild no. in, in this episode. Guys Gone Wild was a real thing. Oh no. I know. Like there's not enough gay porn out I there. Know. We have to watch this I shit. Know. Like, I what? <laughs> We really have filled the quota of porn in my community, like have an, we not? Uh, but just like, what do they call it? Like, conscious porn. Don't, 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 don't do like the bad porn. <laughs> this is the bad porn. <laughs> All right, well, stay tuned for the trailer for that. <laughs> uh, the funny and hilarious outtakes. That's it. All right. We free love Martha you. Mitchell. We love you. Martha was right. She was right. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs> in the early 2000s, pop culture was sexy and colorful. It was the rise of the reality television star. You know, Wild and Free was being celebrated. And Girls Gone Wild was part of the party. To get these girls, where do you go? We go everywhere where people are having a lot of fun. If Girls Gone Wild showed up, it was like gasoline on fire. Every hot chick in the place wanted to get on camera. It was softcore DVDs. Girls Gone Wild! It was a cultural phenomenon. It was the worst night of my life. Girls Run Wild was taking advantage of young women and then publicizing them for years to come. And there was clearly a, a darker side to the Girls Gone Wild empire. Joe had many allegations of violence and abuse. Banged her head approximately four to five times. He said, don't you know who I am? He must have had a troubled childhood or he's just a total sociopath. Did that just to taunt her? I know. I didn't fall for it. <laughs> you want me to change the? You want me to fix the internet I again just... or not? <laughs> We're nailing it. Actually, you would have been very happy if I couldn't fix it. You would have been like, thought, oh, no, oh no, Natalie, okay, oh bye. no, <laughs> we can't do it. I got. I guess I'm going home. Yeah. I'm gonna go to bed early. I guess I came all the way to Midtown for nothing. Yeah. I put the Indigo Girls and Beyonce on the same par. And I think Tori Amos doesn't have a phone because she is using an old rotary phone. Totally. <laughs> she puts it in her purse. Right. <laughs> and she thinks she's making calls and someone's just saying on <laughs> her behalf. In fairness, I did text Natalie yesterday and say, like, is it essential that we record tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> Yes. I'm just telling you the truth. Well, I appreciate Natalie, and, and what, that was Natalie's answer. She yeah. was like, yes. Yeah, you have to. You need to. You need to. See, not at all like Nixon. No. Because you showed up to work. Totally. And you told me the truth. <laughs> You're doing great. I thank you so much. Steve and I went to get lunch, and we were walking back, and I see this lady see me and make a face, and I thought she just needed directions because we were in, like, Midtown. And she goes, hi, oh, hi, hi, um, can I bother you? I, uh, I'm just such a big fan. And I was like, oh, my God. And she was Irish. <gasps> I know. She's, like, from Ireland. Her and her husband are here for weeks. And she said, like, one of the things we wanted to do was run into you and Jillian. That and is so she sweet. She was so excited. And she had a cup of Dunkin'. And she's like, I got Dunkin'. It's my first Dunkin' because <gasps> I got it because you love it. So sweet. It was wild. So we took pictures. And then we walked away and I said to Steve, I just got recognized without even wearing my own merch. That's really And then he sweet. pointed at my shirt oh. and I was wearing my merch. You got me. I, you had me in the first half there. <laughs> I thought somebody recognized me without my merch. Nope. <laughs> 